This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, story today regarding vaccine targets in Alberta. According to government data for 2016, post media reports, Alberta continues to fall short of hitting targets for childhood immunization coverage. And these are targets that have been in place for a very long time. The actual numbers for immunization of two-year-olds who'd received the full diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, polio, and HIV immunization was 77%. 87.9% had received the MMR, measles, mumps, and rubella. But the targets for coverage based on national standards are 97% and 98% respectively. Uh, that's been the goal since at least 1999. But actual vaccination rates have held steady near the most recent numbers over that time period. Now, there have been calls to have some kind of mandatory vaccine policy in place, at least for kids attending public schools. Uh, I don't think the Alberta government is prepared to go there at this point. But there is new legislation, which uh, came into force in December, that allows school records to be matched against Alberta Health's vaccine data so that at least school officials can access those files quickly in the case of some kind of a serious outbreak. But this is not just an Alberta problem. And we're seeing similar issues in other provinces. So how do we deal with that? Well, joining us on the line is uh, Colin Busby, uh, who's with the, the C.D. Howe Institute. He's uh, Associate Director of Research, more at cdhowe.org. Colin, thanks for joining us here today. Welcome well, to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, there's a piece you wrote, in fact, uh, today looking at uh, who is to blame for insufficient vaccination coverage and what can we do about it? What's your sense of why the problem is what it is? Well, uh, I guess, you know, the the main point is that it's extremely complex and confusing the reasons why um, not all, you know, school-age children or young children are fully up to date on their, on their vaccines. Um, now, uh, that said, I mean, I think that uh, a lot of the sort of public discourse is sort of focused on, you know, the unvaccinated or those who are the anti-vaxxers per se. So those individuals who do have very strong views, um, you know, with respect to the benefits and risks associated with with vaccines that, you know, generally aren't in concert with, with uh, most uh, scientific opinions. But that said, I mean, those individuals are, are you know, we know really only 2% of the entire uh, population. And so, you know, the fact that we're not hitting these, these targets, which, as you said, are around, you know, uh, 90 to, to 95% is, is really, you know, uh, pro- perhaps over-attributed to that group in the sense that the majority of people we see that, and the majority of reasons why a lot of people are under or, or are not fully immunized is what we call under-immunization. That is, uh, you know, um, um, children Children who ha- children have received, say, all of their major vaccines, with the exception of one, or they've, you know, particularly see it very clearly in the case of Alberta and the data in Alberta, um, they might receive, you know, two doses or three doses or one dose of a vaccine, but not the full schedule, and so, um, and, and and that's really the, the the main cause. And so, you know, our report really tries to highlight. 
you know, reasons for under-immunization, which they themselves, again, as I started with, they're, they're extremely complex. So what can it be? You know, uh, how can this be happening? We've got clinically and uh, cost-effective vaccines out there that we're providing free of charge. Why aren't people taking them up, right? And, and well, the question is, is well, or the reasons are many, you know. Um, uh, well, this, the, for starters, it's, it's, it's costly sometimes to, to take time off work to take your children in, and that's not a cost that's necessarily associated with getting the vaccine, but it can be a cost associated with 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 uh, um, w- with parental schedules that we see has an effect on uh, on the likelihood of uptake. Um, that's just one reason. I mean, complacency is another one. So, um, you know, newer generations of parents, unlike um, uh, my grandparents, for instance, um, you know, would not see the effects of uh, of infectious diseases in their community in the same manner. So that sort of urgency is is not there. That might might contribute to a sense of complacency uh, and so on. And, you know, some parents might have safety concerns with respect to one vaccine, uh, but not all of them. And so, you know, a really complex thing that uh, I say, you know, probably almost certainly gets oversimplified when we talk about it. It's very easy to look at anti-vaxxers and say, well, they're the cause of all of our woes. But when you dig into the data, uh, it becomes abundantly clear early on that uh, it's not necessarily true. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, and you also talk about convenience, too, because I, I think that's been a challenge that we've, we've tried to, to address. That How do we make it as convenient as possible? I think that's one of the reasons why some of these vaccines we do in, in schools, that makes it a little bit easier. Uh, I mean, is, is that a big part of it, you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, school-based uh, vaccines have very high rates of uptake, um, simply because, you know, kids are going to be there anyway, right? Yeah. Um, you know, parents don't have to take time off. And in Alberta, it's, you know, what's very unique about Alberta and very interesting about Alberta is that um, you have, it's, a, it's an entirely publicly health nurse-driven model. Um, and, and the advantages of that, what we see in that, in, in particular when we compare it to provinces that are primarily physician-led models or pediatrician-led models is that, uh, you know, you can book time after hours, right? Like the clinics open uh, from, from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, that makes it a little more convenient for parents to come in and do it, right? There's flexibility around it. There's the ability to use a registry that starts when you leave the hospital to, you know, enable you know, public health providers in local regions to 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 phone call um, parents to remind them to send letters to send an email um, and keep them abreast of of what the schedule is and how to stay on it. So things like that. I mean, even even the potential of offering you know vaccines, embedding public health nurses and sending them to different uh, pediatricians' offices for uh, for regular routine catch-ups. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities for us to make it easier and to reduce what I call like indirect costs associated with getting a vaccine but I just don't think we've we've uh, we, we've kept pace I guess to say with some of the the current policy challenges there's just uh, um, I, I mean it's really easy to say well you know they're they're offered they're offered for free I mean there's no charge why are people getting them well you know there's other costs associated with daily life and, and convenience really and making them more convenient really speaks to that well you know and you make the point about under immunized and I don't, I don't think there's i mean there's probably very few people who could rattle off uh, off the top of their head what the vaccine schedule is uh what vaccine goes at what age what vaccines need a booster later on most people really don't know that and i think there are people who mean well want to ensure their kids are, are vaccinated but maybe 
we don't know exactly all these stages along the way of when kids should be getting boosters for for which vaccines, right? It's it's a lot to keep track of. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the value of a registry, right? That's the value of having something that when a child is born or when a child is discharged from a hospital, you know, a record's created within a registry, and then you can set up a periodic system of reminders for parents, right? And so even like you have healthy beginnings nurses in Alberta, for instance, right? And part of their you know, job is when they come to follow up with, with new parents, come see them in the home a couple of days after they're discharged from the hospital, is to say to them, you know, here's your schedule, can we get you, can we get you set up for uh, your two-month appointment, right? And then when you get to your two-month appointment for your first round of vaccines, then you say, well, what, what about, you know, your next appointment and so on? And so the idea is sort of, you know, create those good habits early on um, because w- what we generally find is that, you know, People who um, get their children fully vaccinated and are up to date in doing so. So when the the two month, four month, six months, when all the sort of timelines come by, is parents who you know get them in the two sort of four month period they're much, much more likely to be fully immunized by the age of two than, than parents who, um, who miss their first appointment or um, who lag with their second appointment. You know, those are often, you know, early indicators of, of, of you know, just basic stuff like challenges to, to, to schedule, like you said. Um, and, and it's just it's sort of up, up to, to us and to public health officials and, and policymakers to say, well, let's, let's use that information and let's, uh, let's create a sort of a, a more robust of policy processes to ensure that uh, that people are staying on schedule and they're reminded of the schedules, right? Reminders have been very, very strong tools. Just, you know, some, something so blatantly simple, right? But, um, um, you know, very strong impact on, on, on uptake if used appropriately. So what kind of policy then are, are we talking about? What does that look like? Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, Alberta's, you know, um, I think Alberta has a lot of the good um, um, uh, policy, I guess you could call them, uh, structures in place, and that they've got a, a registry that starts at birth. Not all provinces do have that. Um, they've got a public health nurse-driven model that arguably could even get more flexible at, at, at ensuring, in improving convenience and perhaps helping parents stay on schedule and focusing on, on keeping them on schedule. But for me, I think the real, um, you know, big issue with Alberta is, is, you know, you can have all those good policies and procedures in place, and you know what? You're not going to capture everybody. You're not going to ensure everyone gets there on time. Oh, the best system of reminders is going to slip through um, with some parents. And, and you know, what's a very effective tool in a lot of other provinces is this notion of, of, ins- of, of ensuring parents um, make a choice to have their child vaccinated or not upon school entry. And so basically the way that looks like, and this is something the Alberta government has, has considered and is considering uh, um, 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 following through on. Um, is this idea of, of choice and compulsory choice upon school entry. So your child goes to school, um, you see then, like you said, you mentioned at the top of the show, um, you know, you're reminded about what your child's vaccine schedule um, um, is, whether or not they're fully up to date. You can cross-check against it. And then you're basically asked to to um, um, to either get your child, you know, completely immunized, fully immunized and up to date, or um, um, you have to sort of fill out a form saying you'd like to opt out and have that signed by a, a notary public, for instance, um, if you need a, if you want to make a conscientious objection, that's what it's called. Um, but in, in other words, like, you know, every, every 
every good system that starts early, that focuses on reminders, that focuses on early uptake, still needs some sort of uh, policy apparatus um, um, to ensure that you know the, the kids who fall through the cracks um, 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 get up to speed. Particularly when you've got you know a very neat um, uh, signpost, a reminder signpost when you enter school. So for me, that's a big, big missing feature of the Alberta model that I know that they're discussing uh, uh, um, and certainly have mentioned um, adding to their policy mix. I think it'd be very important for the province to follow through on that. Yeah, indeed. Well, it is National Immunization Awareness Week, so a perfect opportunity to focus on these issues. More at uh, cdhow.org. Colin, thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Take care. Colin Busby, Associate Director of Research at the C.D. Howe Institute, 403-974-TALK is our number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.